0: Welcome to 10 Minutes, the Breakout Investor podcast. Today, we are providing an update on error test systems, ticker A-E-H-R. Joining me is breakout investor Ashley Day. But first, a disclaimer, no one on this call is an investment advisor, and no one is providing investment advice. This podcast is for information purposes only. Before investing in any company stock, you must do your own research. Supporting materials for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investors Discussion app, which is located at app.breakoutinvestors.com. The application and much of the research content is free. After registering and logging in, use the search bar at the top right of any page. Type in the ticker and the results will give you a link to the research post with this podcast and to other discussion and research relating to today's company. Now on to our topic, Air test systems, ticker AEHR. Ashley, I went back. Uh, we've been all over this one. You wrote an article for the Breakout Investor website on June 8th when the stock was at 272. We had a 10 minutes podcast on July 19th when the stock was at 281. And today the stock hit 836. That's more than 2x over the last month to two months. Could you update breakout investors on what has been happening with the company and uh what the future might hold for Air Test Systems?
1: Oh yeah, sure. Well, actually, it looks like we uh, we got up close to three X uh, so far since we kind of started uh, coverage here. So there's a couple couple things going on. The first one, you know, the big news that sent the stock up uh, shortly after earnings was a big eleven million dollar order in the silicon carbide space about a week ago. Air announced another follow on order from the same. Uh, customer which is on semi, uh, one of the smaller silicon carbide um, players in the space out of the top five. Uh, that was a $3 million follow-on order for more systems and the consumable wafer packs that go with those systems. And the PR mentioned that they would uh, are continuing to expect more system and uh, wafer pack orders this fiscal year, which ends uh, in May. Other news in the silicon carbide space that's that's happened since then is OnSemi purchased a large supplier of silicon carbide they've been working with for $415 million. The number, that uh, company was GTAP. And they've basically done this to secure supply and ensure that they can deliver their products in the future to their electric vehicle manufacturer uh, end customers, as well as any new customers they hope to land in the near future as they continue their expansion uh, in that space.
0: Those words keep coming up, silicon carbide. Uh, is silicon carbide the future for air test systems?
1: It is one of the many opportunities that air has uh, in the future and the perhaps the biggest near-term opportunity. It's a very large market and the Big uh, players in the space are moving as quickly as they can from traditional IGBT, made of uh, traditional silicon materials to silicon carbide, uh, which tends to have a higher defect rate and needs to be burned in at wafer level. Air test is the cheapest and highest volume option for them. So it makes sense, uh, it takes up less fab space and it, it's sort of why they, they were turned to them is in discussion with the remaining four players in the space. And uh, in February, they had projected that by the end of uh, uh, basically over the next year, they expected uh, systems orders from a new silicon carbide customer that would obviously be much larger than on. And our community kind of thinks it's STM, which would be the largest player in the space.
0: All right. So let's just back up real quick. The industry, the folks that make semiconductors for end users are moving into silicon carbide. It's my understanding. One of the reasons is because silicon carbide can handle higher energy levels. This is important in uh, a product such as electric vehicles, which obviously have have to generate and uh, manipulate a significant amount of energy in order to drive automobiles.
1: That's right. And it's, uh, it does it in a much uh, more efficient manner. It can, you know, they're seeing about 20% longer battery life when they switch the power inverters that are within the cars uh, to silicon carbide. Uh, The material is also being used in the charging infrastructure uh, as well as the inverters for solar. And I believe wind energy. So
0: So the, the chip companies that produce the chip for end users are doing more and more in the area of silicon carbide silicon carbide at least presently is more air prone and the critical use of these chips requires an elevated level of testing air is in the testing business so the chip companies are having to buy more systems from air to test their silicon carbide chips which are growing rapidly all correct that's correct and uh, the existing relationship that we've got good visibility in from the uh, existing re- uh, uh, releases is for which company?
1: It's for OnSemi. And they recently held an analyst day a few, uh, few weeks ago. And their leading comments were that they were moving it big time into silicon carbide and the sensor space. And uh, in this, in this
0: company just uh, on semi just spent 400 plus million dollars to increase its access to silicon carbide by buying GTAT. And even though it is a company of that scale, it is one of the smaller ones operating in the space, meaning that if air signs more contracts, if it wins more customers, it's very likely that they will be larger, actually significantly larger than the the deals that they've been announcing today,
1: and that's right. And uh, STMicro uh, recently upped their contract with Cree to um, increase the supply agreement f- to obtain more silicon carbide from from them. And STM is also a silicon carbide automotive supplier. Uh, Infineon is one of the top five as well who has also increased uh, their supply agreements in the, in the past 12 months to obtain and secure more material. Now
0: this conversion over to silicon carbide, we're in the early stages, yes?
1: Yes, it's uh, within the past, I, I believe it was Tesla that pioneered using silicon carbide in the Model 3, uh, maybe two years ago. Okay, and- so that
0: leads into the, my question, is the issue with error rates and the need for testing endemic to silicon carbide? or is it only related to the relative newness of this technology? Is there a sustainable opportunity for air?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's sustainable in that it all has to be uh, burned in. There, there will be some improvements in the, in the de- defect rate as these companies sort of are able to produce um, better, cleaner uh, wafers, but it, it's still gonna need to be burned in. It's a critical application
0: the, the net of all of this is that we think air in these two 511 million dollar contracts it's really just getting started we should see a steady stream of these contracts into the foreseeable future right
1: yes yes certainly from uh, on who's uh, got a multi-year ramp in place and uh, just looking at the guidance that air gave for this year which was uh, above 28 million They've already locked in twenty-four million in the first three months of the year, um, and they get a little bit of servicing and other revenues uh, that trickle in throughout the year. So there's there's very high option uh, upside optionality to the guidance that they gave.
0: All right. Um, so how would you read that? Nobody's going to hold you to this. We're just looking for a, a you know a sanity check. The stock has moved from the two thirties to well above eight. Is this pricing in? what has been announced or is some of the increase anticipatory relating to contracts that they may or may not sign in the near future?
1: I believe and uh, you know recently a price target came out uh, at 12 bucks a couple days ago uh, that led to a, a big increase in the in the price. Um, I believe that is a fair number for the business they have in front of them with current customers. So if they land uh, one or two new silicon carbide customers, which they expect to do, the price should move much higher.
0: All right, so the stock is somewhere right now between a double and a triple, and it's not unreasonable to think that if they get some of these large orders coming through, there may be another double or triple in the name.
1: Oh, uh, that's right, and that's not even looking at some of the other opportunities they have in front of them, uh, one of which was showcased by the order announced today which was not in the silicon carbide space, it was in the silicon photonics space. Um, The CEO hasn't talked a whole lot about silicon photonics, largely because the big opportunity that exists right in front of them is silicon carbide. But today's uh, order was for a a million dollars for a new customer in China uh, that provides contract manufacturing services to an existing customer of Airtest And as that customer is ramping production in China as well as other international markets. Um, This is a silicon photonics uh, use case and they're using their Fox NP system. So it was a small dollar order, but an NP system is sort of a system that that a customer would buy to kind of on-ramp and maybe do qualification and get ready for volume production. And once they're ready for volume production, then they order a Fox XP system, which is three times more expensive and and comes with consumables. And they generally order multiple systems when they're moving into volume production. So That sounds very nice.
0: I remember talking about uh, air with Mark Gomes, oh, you know, within the last three, four weeks. And uh, he made a statement that air is scaled up and ready to substantially increase its production. It's not going to take them time to ramp up. They've got the infrastructure in place. They've been ready and waiting for this opportunity and they can build these systems at a pretty good clip. Is that right?
1: That's correct. In their current facility, they're able to do up to 40 million a month in revenue. They did 20 million of revenue last year and probably pretty similar 25 to 30 the year before. Um, And currently, with the staff they have, they can probably do about $20 million a month. So they, they definitely have some room.
0: All right. And just one one last question for me uh, to round this out. We've talked about silicon carbide, which is new. We've talked about silicon photonics, which is actually out a little bit beyond silicon carbide. It's getting started, but it's not in the same place. Did AIR have a substantial business away from silicon carbide,
1: silicon photonics that's also uh, in the mix here? Um, well, there's a few others. And I would say there's there's multiple applications for silicon photonics. Uh, five of their customers are actually shipping uh, silicon photonics products to their customers. And we could see ramps over the next 12 months in from any of those customers. So that one is, is um, near term as well. Uh, one of the the silicon photonics applications is uh, with the Apple Watch that is using um, sensors and lasers. It's, it wouldn't be in this year's, maybe not next year's, but at some point in the next couple of years, they will be ramping up production. In fact, it's not impossible that today's order is somehow related to that.
0: I, I appreciate that. I guess the, my question, though, was, is there any legacy business that is away from silicon carbide and silicon silicon, uh, photonics?
1: Uh, yeah, um, they've also they've got legacy business with the uh, Texas Instruments, and largely uh, packaging uh, parts applications. So they also do uh, package parts burn in. And that part of their business has slowed down over the past couple of years. But on the last conference call, they actually said that they're seeing more interest in that space and are putting some R&D dollars into uh, making further enhancements and developing new products to meet that demand in that space. Isn't, uh, it, also- the,
0: isn't it the case that the, the federal government wants to put $50 billion to work helping the semiconductor business in the United States? Do you think that that's got any ability to uh, air test systems?
1: Uh, absolutely, it's a, a major tailwind. Uh, particularly, there's there's two tailwinds. One, the money's coming in, and two, more complicated, heterogeneous chips uh, are are coming out every day. So as these chips get more complex, they're going to need uh, specialized testing equipment. And you know, based on today's uh, PR. Air, it has very unique capabilities uh, for making very precise uh, gauges of, of uh, output and voltage levels and things of that nature. Also, just in the news today, uh, TSMC, you know the lar- world's largest foundry, announced that they're launching an advanced packaging for silicon photonics applications. So you could definitely see them start to use uh, Air's products um, as their customers, their contract manufacturer, uh, as their customers uh, start to adopt uh, more silicon photonics applications. Um, further, uh, another possible use of the government funds is Intel has uh, on their roadmap, they're planning to use silicon photonics in their chips. And these are stacked chips. Uh, Air, Intel is already a customer of AIR for optical transceivers for data centers. And there's a pretty good chance that they're they're talking and that AIR could be involved in the testing of a good chunk of their chips in the next couple of years, potentially their Feverose, uh that will go into production in 2023.
0: Ashley, there's so much to talk about here. I'm sure we'll come back on another 10 Minutes podcast, maybe a Top Picks. I really appreciate your um, updating everyone. And we're going to call it at 10 Minutes. We are Breakout Investors. This podcast is meant as an easy on-ramp to understanding today's company and the research and collaboration we do. Please join us for discussion on this podcast and for other breakout ideas on our discussion platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com. The Breakout Investors 10-Minute Podcast is syndicated and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, listen, and give us a five-star review.
1: Some or all the speakers may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. The views in this podcast expressed are those of the speakers, and not Breakout Investors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Neither Breakout Investors nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty, express or implied, as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information presented by this podcast in any liability, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, therefore, is expressly disclaimed. No one on this podcast is an investment advisor, known as providing investment advice. For investing in any company's stock, you must do your own research. Thank you for listening.